Ronaldinho to Messi. Will he get that first goal for Barcelona? Remember the name, Lionel Messi, at the age of 17, scores his first goal for Barcelona. Back to Mbappé! What a great day it's been for him! Oh, spectacular Thiago! Alan, look, very accomplished player himself, and Alan, in behind goes for goal! Hello and welcome to Pure Fit Boys Euro 2020 preview. I'm your host, Alistair Madden, and as ever, this podcast will be in-depth, unbiased and Scottish. In this series, we are looking to understand each of the nations competing at the tournament this summer and break down playing style, key players and expectations. On the show today, we will be reviewing world champions France. To do so, I am delighted to say I'm joined by Jeremy Smith. Jeremy writes for French Football Weekly and Get French Football News. And he also interviewed bright young striker Bull Idea, one of the favourite, one of my favourite interviews, um, certainly over the last couple of years. So great to have you on, Jeremy. How are you doing? Yeah, I'm good, thanks. Already getting nervous about the Euros, but hopefully, hopefully there'll be a good result at the end of it. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Um, I'm just going to ask you to cast your mind back slightly, Jeremy, to the qualification route for France. I suppose maybe this the answer goes without saying, but what was the expectation going into the qualifiers for France, Jeremy? Yeah, the, the expectation has got to be, to obviously, first of all, to qualify. Secondly, really should be to qualify top of the group. They're, they're world champions. It's what everyone expects. Um, France are notoriously bad at qualifying for tournaments. Um, obviously, in, in recent years, they, they have qualified, but it's not generally very smooth. And this was another one that didn't go exactly their, their way the whole time. But I think they were relatively comfortable qualifying, but it was only sort of the last match or two that they kind of secured first place. And yeah, it could have gone a little bit better, but the main thing is that they're three. Yeah, for sure, Jeremy. And I suppose this is another question that the answer perhaps, again, goes without saying, given that France were coming into these qualifiers off the back of being crowned world champions. But how would you describe the performances going into these qualifiers more generally, I suppose, Jeremy? Um, I think it's probably going to be a, a theme um, during during the course of our chat, but there are, I, depending on who you ask, I'm one of the people that's generally a little bit um, more optimistic and more positive about France's performances, but there are a lot of people who, you know, even during the World Cup and certainly since the, and definitely in the lead up to the World Cup and since the World Cup, a lot of France fans who are critical of the performances and think that considering the the sort of wealth of and depth of, of talent that France have got and particularly sort of attacking talent, that they should be sort of, you know, winning pretty much every match that they turn up at, sort of 4-0 or whatever. But my view is the fact is that international football is not like that. I'm not sure it ever was, but certainly not in recent years where 
you know, there's such a crowded calendar where Champions League, I think, probably is has kind of taken precedence over international football for a lot of people. So uh, I think considering there's so many of these players that have got such high club demands, I think it's difficult to expect them to turn it on in these sort of constant um, international meetups, especially now there's no friendlies. Now there's Nations League as well. So there's practically no time for international teams to kind of really develop um know strong sort of playing relationships and playing styles and you have to I think to an extent sort of make do with what you've got and France have have been able to do that and yes it's not always pretty um and you know I think in qualifying there was the one defeat to Turkey um but generally it was good enough and and some people want more than that but certainly for qualifying that's the most important thing just get through and then worry about what comes next once you're through for sure. Just moving on to the group itself now, quite a difficult group, uh, to put it lightly. There's Germany, Portugal and Hungary uh, to to face for the French national team. How do you expect France to cope with that group and more generally the tournament this summer, Jeremy? It's a tough group. I mean, people are saying it's the group of death. I think, you know, Germany, there's so much previous between France and Germany um in in major tournaments and even you know just going back to the last euros and the, the that sort of epic semi-final which i think a lot of people think that france lost the final because they felt that they'd sort of played their final in the semi and arguably even in that match germany were the better team but france came out on top which was a sort of reverse to previous matches between the two um germany's recent results haven't been superb and obviously yergi Yogi Love is leaving after the tournament, so it'll be interesting to see whether they're they're able to give him a big final send off, and then Portugal as well. I mean, for me, that for a long time Portugal have not always been a great squad. They've just had a couple of very strong players, but now I feel this is the arguably the strongest squad they've ever had, or certainly since that sort of great team of the mid nineties. But you know, in recently in the and obviously. There's that sort of element of revenge for the for the last Euro final that a lot of people will probably focus on. But more recently, France got the better of, of Portugal over the two legs in the Nations League. So they have played each other and they were two sort of high quality games in recent matches um, or recent times rather. It's It's hard to say, I think. All three teams are, have got so much quality within them that it just might depend on on how they, you know, how they play, how they feel on the day. And then that's not to forget Hungary. You've done brilliantly to qualify. You've got, um, you know, two or three really quality players that that are coming through and um, will we'll want to give a good count to themselves. And I think it will be, you know, silly of the other three teams to kind of underestimate Hungary. So France have got, I think. I think the order of the matches is Germany, Hungary, Portugal. Um, they really need to get off to a good start because I think otherwise, also looking at France's sort of history of starting badly in group stages of major tournaments, it can go wrong very quickly. And I think they they need, there's going to be a lot of pressure on that Germany match so that they can maybe afford to drop a couple of points in the two matches after that. Um I wouldn't want to call it, but the fact is, as well, champions, France have to feel confident that they'll go through and will be disappointed if they don't. 
for sure, Jeremy. Just in terms of the national mood, if you like, you spoke maybe about two broad camps, if you like, one camp that's maybe more positive about the national team and one camp that's maybe a little bit more demanding, shall we say, in terms of wanting it to be more dominant. But how would you try and sum up the mood generally in France ahead of the Euros, Jeremy? I think I think the mood's generally positive. I mean, France, it's... It's not like sort of Italy, England, Spain, where, you know, everyone's behind the team, whatever happens. I think generally the general mood is people are behind the team when they're doing well and winning and they can quickly turn when they're doing badly. Um, So I think generally the mood's positive. I think a lot of the players are very popular. It's not like, um, you know, sort of 10 years ago where there were a lot of players within the team that, were sort of public enemy, sort of one, two, and three kind of thing. So everyone's rooting for a lot of the players. I think it's just that maybe in terms of the style of football, maybe even the fact that there's so many quality players that, you know, someone or several players are going to miss out and fans of those particular players will almost be rooting for a a defeat so that they can turn around and say, I told you so. And the obvious one is is Benzema. I mean, that just that debate goes on and on, which to me is ridiculous. But it's it's always going to be there. So I think generally positive. But you know, like I said in the World Cup, even if France were go, to go on and win the Euros, there will still be people saying, "Yeah, well, they didn't do it in the right style, so it doesn't count." That kind of thing, which to me is mystifying. But fair enough if neutrals want to say that but for France fans to say that I, I still find a little bit strange Yeah, mystifying indeed Jeremy, just moving on to the manager Didier Deschamps how would you describe his playing style and how does he set up this French national team typically? So again, this is, this is sort of where what it all comes down to and um, a lot of it sort of falls on whether you're pro-Deschamps or anti-Deschamps personally I'm pro I think He's been an amazing servant to French football. There's there's this whole thing about how he's often benefited from good luck, which he has at times. But you look at everything he's won as a player and as a coach, and you know you can't put it all down to luck. He clearly has got something about him. And even looking at the last couple of years since the World Cup, there's a few players who've hit not great periods of form for their clubs, but there's something about getting together with the France squad again, that they managed to to kind of up their game. And a lot of that, I think, has got to be down to Deschamps' coaching and his man management. In terms of the style of football, again, that there are people who criticise it. First of all, there's cri- people who criticise the fact that there's no style at all, no identity, which I don't think is true. And I still maintain is... I, I think there's... Nowadays, very few international teams that do have a clear identity anyway. And then those that would say that he's got a style will say it's a negative style. Mm -hmm. I'm going to say it yet again. Name me an international team that has won a tournament playing really stylish football. I think it's very, very rare and it's becoming increasingly rare. Um, You know, there's the really great teams like Netherlands in 74 and Brazil and France as well in 82 played beautiful football, but they didn't win. And 
you know, even Spain in 2010 for the World Cup, for example, 2008, I thought they were very good, but 2010 and even 2012, it wasn't beautiful football. It was great possession football, but it wasn't fun to watch. Mm-hmm. For me, Deschamps has found a very good balance. Uh, you know, he, know, he knows he's got an extremely strong defence, um, uh, very hard-working midfield, and a couple of sort of geniuses up front. Um, and he plays to those strengths. And you look at the last World Cup, and yes, in most matches, certainly in the knockout stages, France didn't have most of the possession, but they were amazingly effective. And sort of, I think Varane was quoted as saying, we're sort of killers, we're hard-faced killers when we get the ball. They scored 11 goals in the knockout stages. They scored four goals twice. Um, you know, the, our... Belgian fans would say that in the semi-final, France were outplayed. They might have been, but I think in terms of chances created, it was something like you know twenty chances to five in favour of France. So I think it's wrong to say there's no style. He, there's no point in having possession just for the sake of possession. And actually, France's worst performances of recent years have been where teams have sat back, let France have the possession, and they don't have the necessarily the nous to deal with it. So. You know, I'm tempted to say if it ain't broke, don't fix it. And I I have no issues with France being effective in those transitions. And, and yeah, re- even if it's sort of relying on Mbappe's speed or whatever it is, if if that if that is France's strength and they can use that to to punish other go- other teams and score lots of goals in that way, then then I'm all for it. Mm-hmm. We've looked at the manager, Deschamps. Uh, let's look now at the players in more detail. There's probably will be quite a few candidates for this question, Jeremy, but if you had to pick one player who really makes the French national team tick, who would you pick? For me, I, I'm not sure everyone would agree. Again, there's so many good players that you can sort of argue to toss over a few of them. But for me, it's, it's Griezmann. I mean, he obviously... They need a strong defence. They need a Kante in midfield. They need an Mbappe or a Giroud to put away the chances. But I just think Griezmann is, you know, despite the fact he's a World Cup winner, he plays for Barcelona or the rest of it, I genuinely maintain he's one of the most underrated players in the world. And for France, his work rate, his creativity, his finishing, his his defensive support I mean at times he looks like their best defender midfielder and attacker and you sort of again harping back to the World Cup you you watch the the knockout stage games and he controlled everything he controlled as well as scoring important goals and setting up important goals he controlled the tempo of every match you know when France needed to sort of go up a gear he'd go up a gear and, you know, more one touch and flicks, that kind of thing. When they needed to just put their foot on the ball and have a breather, he was the one able to do that. I just think he's a, a supreme footballer. And, and I think, I don't think he'll be fully appreciated by a lot of France and French supporters until he's gone and we realise just how much he was doing for that team. Just, I suppose, turning our attention to maybe some of the younger players uh, available for selection by DDA 
Deschamps, do you envisage any young French players or players who have perhaps flown under the radar somewhat having a breakthrough tournament of sorts at the Euros this summer? Um, again, I think it's difficult to say because, again, the, the squad is is potentially so so large. There's so many talented players and there's also the, the sort of under-21 Euros and the Olympics. And so I think... Deschamps will, to a point, sort of allow some of those younger players to remain in the under-21 squad because he's got enough sort of senior players that he can choose from anyway. But, um, you know, I think if he finishes the strong, the season strongly, I think Kamavinga, um, the, the, the Ren midfielder, could maybe um, get his way back into the squad. I think we might see a couple of young defenders like possibly Upamecano, who's going to move from Leipzig to Bayern in the, in the summer, he might squeeze his way in. But I think that the first team squad is relatively settled. Um, you know, I mean, I could arguably, arguably say Mbappe, he's still only 22. People forget that, but he's still very young and, and mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, but obviously very much not under the radar. Um, yeah. I, I Although there are a lot waiting to come into the team, I don't necessarily think there's going to be any huge surprises within within Deschamps' squad. Yeah, for sure, Jeremy. And I remember seeing recently the, the under-21 squad for France and the, the depth even to the under-21 squad is frightening. So perhaps not quite the moment yet for those players to make the step up, but certainly... Over the next decade or so, there will be no shortage of French talent. Now, this final question, I say to all of my guests, Jeremy, they can answer it with their head or with their heart, but how far will France go at the Euros this summer? Um, I mean, I genuinely think that, because, especially considering the group they're in, they could get knocked out in the group stage or they could win the whole thing. I think it really is that that much up for grabs. Mm-hmm. Um, I I think anything less than the semi-final and even maybe the final would probably be seen as a disappointment. Um, but we've seen it's so rare for a team to, to kind of be able to win back-to-back tournaments. So I think they'll... I'll say... My heart says they'll win the whole thing. My head says maybe a tight semi-final defeat. Okay, well, we'll see how it pans out. I will be rooting for France, of course, as my second team. I will first and foremost be rooting for Scotland, but France will always be a team for whom I have a soft spot. I was lucky enough to be in France for the World Cup in 2018. I was in Strasbourg for the entirety of the knockout phases and went to a beautiful fan zone right on the border with Germany for the semi-final with Belgium and the final thereafter with Croatia. So some great memories of following France from afar, certainly for that tournament. And I will be rooting for them at this tournament as well. Jeremy, thank you so much for coming on. It's been great to have you. Pleasure. Thanks very much for having me. Yes, and thank you to you, the listener. Hopefully you're all staying safe. Hopefully you're all staying well. Goodbye.